0: Welcome to another Breh Finance Podcast, and we are going to be talking about compound interest in this episode. And before we begin, disclaimer, as always, please consult with a professional before making any financial decisions. This podcast is really just for education and entertainment purposes only. We want to share our story so you can learn from us and hopefully improve your life as well. So let's get into compound interest. What is compound interest, right? So you probably heard about this in school, but really it's about having a value at the beginning, okay, and it grows by a certain amount. Now the amount that it grows by is a, is a specific number, okay. So we're gonna go through an example. Let's say I invested in a company, a company doesn't matter what it is, okay, and I put in a hundred dollars. Now we know because we're let's say we're an all-knowing god. Every year for the next 10 years, it's going to grow by 5%. Now, 5% of 100, and I'm going to type it here, is $5. So if it grows by 5% every year, does that mean it goes from $100 to $105, then to 110, 115, 120, and so on? Is that how compound works? Well, no, that's not exactly how compound works. The way compound works is it is 5% of the previous value, okay? So for example, let's say I go back to the $100 um, example and we invest $100, it grows by 5%. 5% of 100 is $105. But now the next year when we go, it's going to grow by another 5%. It's not 5% of 100, it's 5% of 105. So that extra $5 has 5% in there that will contribute to more growth. So then the next year, it goes from 105 to $110.25. So we added just a little tiny bit at the end. The next year, it goes to $115.76, and then 121 and so on and so forth. So I'm just going to calculate here what happens if we just simply added 5 and look at the difference after 10 years. Here we go here, and my computer is actually very slow for some reason. There we go, and I'm gonna drag it down. So basically after 10 years, here's the difference. With compound interest, essentially returns on your returns, you end up with $155.13. But if it wasn't compounded, and it would just kept adding 5%, which is the $5 of the original, you only end up with 145. Now that's a difference of $10 doesn't sound like much, but let's put in um, some real values here. Let's say every year we put aside. Uh, no, 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 let's let's do a different one. Let's say at the very beginning, I put away $1,000. Okay. And I'm going to put this away for 30 years. So let me just extend my Excel spreadsheet here. Okay. So we've got 30 years now. We've got that example. And let's make this currency because i cannot read it and on the other one we're simply going to do a standard adding five uh let's say we add the five percent every year but it's always the same amount so we start off with a thousand dollars and we're going to add five percent of the original which is fifty dollars so i'm going to add 50 oops plus 50. i'm going to add that all the way to the end okay so let's look at the difference after 30 years If you simply added 50, so 5% of the original, you will end up with $2,450 in 30 years. But if you had returns on your returns, okay, you're going to end up with $4,116. That is practically a doubling. You've practically doubled your return simply because of the compound. So it's not a straight line. It's a curved, essentially exponential line. Okay, so it takes time for investments to grow. So if you put away fifty thousand dollars at the beginning, the next year it's probably going to be fifty thousand or fifty thousand five hundred, five hundred dollars, and then the next year maybe it's going to be fifty one thousand. So at the beginning it seems very slow and very boring, but eventually it picks up speed, it picks up massive speed, to the point where, in any given year, you know once enough time has elapsed. The amount that it grows, that 5% we're talking about, could be equivalent to your yearly income. I'll say that again. The growth could be so big, it could be equivalent to your yearly income. Okay. Let's do an example. Let's do an example. Let's do an example. Let's say, let me clear everything here. Let's say you kept investing year after year after year after year, and you now have, for argument's sake, uh, 1.5 million dollars. Okay, which doesn't sound crazy. It's it's not crazy once you do the math. So just kind of take my word for it. Let's say you know you're you're 70 years old. You kept putting money away, um, and it's growing at you know let's say what a typical index return is, which is let's say 11%. That means you're 1.5 million the next year will grow by 11%. let me just make this bigger, and we're gonna go, what is 11% of 1.5 million? Okay, it's $165,000. Why is this important? Well, the idea is when you retire and you have that much in stocks, the rate at which it grows, in this case, $165,000 a year, is more than you actually need to survive. What does that mean? What that means is, if it grows by one hundred sixty-five thousand each year, but you only spend a hundred, okay, then it grows again next year by another eleven percent, and another, and so on and so forth. You never run out of money. Now, one of the biggest fears of people is that when they retire, they'll have no money to live. Why is this such a big deal? Well, when superannuation was invented, I mean, the average life expectancy back then probably would have been around—I'm going to guess eighty something like that, 80 years old, my guess. And now it's probably closer to 100. So suddenly the same amount of money that you would have ended up with back then, which is the same amount of money you would have ended up now with your super, has to stretch for much longer because we're living longer. Now, if you're living longer, that means your medical bills get more expensive. Inflation kicks in, well, has already been kicking in. Things get more expensive. So you need a way of money never running out. That's kind of the goal here, you know, because if you can figure that out, Then you're golden. Then you can retire and never have to worry about money. And in fact, because the money never runs out, it becomes a form of generational wealth. It's something you can give to your kids, right? It can be something that you can pass on through your family. And then you can change your name from, you know, John Smith to something like John Rockefeller or something. You know, one of those rich families where it's like, oh, my great-great-granddaddy built the railway. You know, you can become one of those families. But basically that's how kind of compound interest works and we can use that to our advantage. In fact, the whole idea of compound interest also works against us. Right? Where does it work against us? Can you can you think of where this actually happens? Credit cards. Credit cards and personal loans. So if I borrow 10 grand from the bank at an interest rate of 20% or something like that, whatever. And I pay off less than 20% interest. When the interest kicks in again, I owe even more this month. What happens? It means I never get out of my debt. So by understanding this compound interest, it can either work against us because we don't understand it, or it can work for us because we do understand it, and we invest in the right things, index funds and combinations of bonds and commodities or whatever it is you want to invest in, houses, whatever. Basically, every investment vessel or investment vehicle that we're going to be discussing has a particular return. Top of my head, I'm going to go. So gold, silver, all those commodities, they don't really grow by very much. Maybe, I don't know, 1%, 2%. I don't know. Something very small, right? If that. Commod- uh, sorry, not commodities. Bonds, right? Bonds grow at roughly right now like 3%, something like that, 2 to 3% not that much, but their risk is very low. Then you have things like index funds, which grow from anywhere from 11 to, uh, from seven to 16% right now, anywhere like that. And then you have a house or real estate. Maybe that's going to grow anywhere from five, five and a half, all the way to maybe 6%, 7%, something like that. And that's got its own set of risks and everything like that. Or you can invest, what else can you invest in? You can invest in individual companies. Now here's where it gets a bit tricky you have to figure out what the return is for a company and that is a lot harder the other ones there's a general rule that you can follow and then make your decision there so by understanding this compound interest or the interest return or the yearly interest it helps us actually put investments on a scale okay now think of the scale like this on the vertical you have risk and on the lateral or the horizontal you have return so Theoretically, you would have individual companies that are super high risk with massive returns. Okay. And then you have things at the bottom where it's like where it's almost no risk, something like investing in gold. Gold's not going anywhere. It's just going to stay in a vault somewhere forever. Right. And you're probably not going to get that much return. So, what we do by determining, oh, is this a good investment? Yes, no is it bad, is it good, is it high risk, whatever, you want to be able to plot it on that spectrum and go, well, where does it fit? Is it better or worse than an index fund in terms of returns and risk? So here's an example. Let's say I'm buying an index fund, right, which we talked about in the previous episode. And the index fund return is, for example, 10%. The risk is extremely low. I would say it's low, okay? The return is decent but it's not super high it's not like a 300% return or anything it's 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 decent for me 10%. Now someone comes to me and says um Jed I've got this investment whatever it is right let's say it's a company because I've got this investment in this company they have a new technology as soon as I hear that I know it's a bit risky cuz it's unproven right and the return per year is 10%, but it's a little bit high risk. So what I do is I put that right next to the index fund. I go, well, they have the same return and the index has low risk. So why waste my time? Why would I take extra risk for the same return? You see what I'm saying? So we, we use that to make the comparison. Now, here's the, let's do another example. Let's say he goes, hey, there's a company here. It could have a 300% return and it's low to medium risk. So next to an index, I'm like, well, actually, that's pretty good. That's worth looking into, and then I start doing my investigation. So it's kind of a nice way to do it. Let's talk about crypto. What about crypto? Okay, man, I'll all the crypto people. Okay, they're gonna get into me, into, into me for this. Um, let's say someone goes to me, hey, there's a math, there's a good crypto that's coming. The return is going to be three hundred percent, and I say, what's the risk? The risk is extremely high because we have no idea what it's going to be next year, right? Then that's pretty much off the scale and I'm not even going to touch it. So that's how you kind of make your decisions. Instead of just saying, oh, someone said this, it's a way for you to judge what is the risk? What is the return? Is it worth it? And does it fit into my financial strategy? And if it doesn't, don't invest. There is no pressure for you to buy something you don't understand. You're better off holding your money, waiting for that perfect pitch that perfect ball so that you can swing. It's not necessarily going to come every single day, so just be patient. And I'm going to end this podcast on this note. Investments are like a bus. Let's say you're waiting at the bus stop and and then your phone rings and the bus comes and you didn't notice and suddenly you've missed your bus. Well, are you going to panic? Are you going to be like, oh no, I missed the bus. No, you're not going to panic. Do you know why? Because in probably 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, there's another bus. And you know what? Let's say someone calls you again after that and you miss that bus. You know what's there after 20 minutes, 30 minutes? Another bus and another bus and another bus. There are literally thousands and thousands of investment opportunities for any given day. And you don't have to panic about trying to capture every single one or any of them at all. Do you know why? Because tomorrow there'll be another thousand. And another thousand. And another thousand. So you may be like, oh man, I should have invested in crypto five years ago. Oh, I should have invested at the bottom of COVID. Or I should have invested in this. I should have bought a house 10 years ago. Blah, 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 blah. That doesn't matter. Do You know why? Because tomorrow there'll be another opportunity. Tomorrow is another day. What I'm going to teach you in this podcast is not about, well, that's all the stuff I missed 10 years ago. No. I'm going to teach you how to see opportunities moving forward. When something happens in the economy or something, someone mentions something to you or you see something happen or a new company comes on board or Apple make an announcement or Microsoft do this, you're going to be able to look at that company or look at that event and be like, how can I get an opportunity out of this? How can I somehow make money off this? I'll give you one last example on that. When COVID happened and the market dipped from, you know, let's just say $300 all the way to 250 Some people, most people, probably like, oh no, this is the end, this is the end. Us as investors, we have a completely different mindset. Our mindset is it's happened, where can we make money? And knowing how index funds work, knowing how to analyze those individual companies, we knew exactly where to put our money. Now, as a number, okay, the typical return of an index fund is anywhere from 7 to 11%. Because we invested at COVID and we knew what we were doing and you know we made all these decisions after COVID and learning how to recognize opportunities, instead of having a return or a typical return of seven to seven to eleven percent, we were sitting closer to about 40%. 40 or 50. Now you're not going to be able to do that on the first go, but you will learn in these podcasts how to spot these deals. And if a tiny part of that deal doesn't look right, don't buy it. Because there's another thousand tomorrow. Thanks for watching another episode of Brah Finance. If you want to support the work we're doing, you love the things you're hearing from us, consider supporting us through Patreon at patreon.com forward slash brah, B R A H underscore finance. By signing up, you're going to get access to all sorts of things like spreadsheets and articles and video and training and all sorts of content. So, again, thank you for watching and have a great day.